0: Welcome, Clelia and Nadia, to our coffee chats. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Uh, It's really a privilege to talk about mental health and wellness, especially on this day, on Mother's Day. We know um, uh, when you're single, you go through a lot uh, different different way of living, I mean. And then when you're a mother, you actually switch to another way of uh, dealing with a young one, and also welcoming different family members from different, uh, from the father's side, from the mother's side. So literally you are introducing new people into your life. And mentally, uh, physically, you have to be ready for this. So mental well-being is really, really important when doing anything. Uh, be it studies, be it at home, be it working as a lecturer, as Nadia. I know there are so many, many, many challenges that we face and we keep quiet. Or we don't even know if you're mentally okay. So we are really privileged to have Nadia with us today as a psychologist and also Clelia as our, 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 our guest, also talking about her own personal experience of what she has been through uh, as just a normal person, so welcome. And uh, to start with, I would really welcome to Nadia to introduce a little bit about herself because I've really talked a lot. Welcome, Nadia.
1: Thank you. Um, so you've kind of introduced me quite well, so yeah. um, I'm Radia Ahmed, I'm a psychologist, I'm also a lecturer at um, Kairuki University, mm-hmm. and currently I work as a resident clinical psychologist at Moimili as well. Um, so i mainly in the mental health um, industry, I also have my own private practice that I run. Um, called Mind Matters where we offer uh, therapy, psychotherapy to individuals, families, um, couples. Um, We also prepare and conduct and facilitate several workshops, um, specifically around emotional intelligence. Um, Also just we we work towards raising more awareness. Um, If you, for majority of Tanzanians will know that we don't really talk a lot about mental health in our country. we don't talk about mental health in our workplaces, but these are things that affect us uh, on our everyday lives, from home mm-hmm. to schools, to organizations, into our workplaces, and into the community. So, mm-hmm. uh, those are my efforts are mainly pushed towards that direction, building the awareness, uh, reducing the stigma that we have associated to mental health and mental illnesses, um, and also just building that awareness that there is it's a there are two different uh, things they do. Um, uh, they do exist under the same umbrella, but when we talk about mental health and talk about mental illnesses, one is general, every one of us experiences mental health, uh, either good mental health or bad mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but with mental illnesses, there are actual illnesses like physical illnesses that are treatable,
0: um, mm-hmm. that
1: are manageable. Some are not curable, but uh, there are management um, you know, protocols, there are treatments that people with mental illness can undergo. So that's just me in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nadia.
0: It's really, it's really key because we don't talk about mental health that much in Tanzania. And actually in the health sector, it's just a little part that is actually covered by uh, mental health. And uh, when you look at the health structure, even at looking at how many institutions really have psychological health care and also mental health, there are really few And people are not so open to talk about mental health because of cultural values. There's so many, many, many barriers that literally hinder people from talking about their mental status. So it's really a privilege, you as a very young psychologist, to share this and even create awareness on mental health from the uh, uh, university level and also from a personal level. Thank you so much. So welcome, Clelia. Just a little bit introduction of yourself so that we, we, we get to know each other, yes.
2: Of course, and, and thank you so much for inviting me and having me here. Um, I'm really honored to be in your company. Um, so my name is Clelia and I am a um, Um, management consultant and i i've been working the last four years in the in global public health so mainly on the topics as you said of um, malaria maternal health um, across uh, africa but in my previous life i worked a lot on uk health and with um and and governments um, and private sector company. Mm-hmm. My my uh, my experience is mainly of someone who, in her later teens, yeah. um, and and in my early twenties, has yeah. severe uh, mental health issues and yeah. was able to overcome them um, and uh, is now living a completely. Uh, normal life Um, so uh, I've been starting to share my story the last few years and few months publicly because a lot of people are asking me uh, about finding role models or finding stories of hope yeah so uh, I'm just here to illustrate what Nadia said which is these illnesses are treatable the second thing is as you said it is Mother's Day And new mom's um, mental health is severely challenged by being sleep-deprived, by having all these pressures. And um, so that's something I'm really happy to do about as well.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, uh, um, Clelia. It's really good to connect on a personal level and also on a professional level. So to start with, maybe I will start with uh, Nadia. How can you tell that somebody has mental illness or someone is really uh has a psychological issue because it's really difficult to know when someone has a mental issue or is psychologically not okay how can you tell Uh, you you don't have to be a medical practitioner or a health professional but just from a family level how do you know somebody has a mental or psychological problem Nadia
1: that's a really great question um yeah so so I think one way that as let's say as people um, around one another as family as friends the one way we can start to notice that maybe something is not right yeah um, is one the behavior starts to change so the person's behavior is changing yeah Uh, let's say they were very outgoing person enjoyed doing certain things Um, you know was cheerful and now suddenly for a prolonged period of time yeah so let's say over a week or two or more their behavior has changed yeah Um, and sometimes it can be drastic behavior change yeah complete 360 Mm -hmm. um, or 180 sometimes Mm. it can be subtle subtle behavior changes like you're inviting them out and they're like ah i'm busy i can't and it's consecutively Whereas before, let's say, they would show up to events uh, yeah. and, and things like that. So you find that it's it can be drastic or it can be subtle. And usually when it's subtle, that's when we tend to miss to miss it. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that um, are they starting to isolate? Are you starting to isolate yourself? Do you notice that they're spending more and more time alone, uh, away from people? Um, do they... You know are you easily agitated or easily uh, frustrated or angered you know Uh, that too is a is a sign that there's something probably happening that's going on Uh, and also if there's drastic changes in mood or having mood swings that are uh, not really you can't really explain them let's say if you look at the the mood that they're experiencing and the situation that the person is in so those are just kind of uh, small ways that we can start noticing but behavior change is one of the biggest yeah now when you start seeing that they're behaving differently from their usual uh, normal self that should be a sign for you to actually you know just point it out to them and say i'm noticing one two three Uh, is everything okay Um, and then get them to open up Mm -hmm. there's so much that you can notice um, externally so there's things we can observe but then there are other other times people Um, You know, when we're going through something we we can sometimes just mask it and we will be going about our days like normal Like nothing has changed, but internally we're going through a turmoil So only when we have the conversation we do ask uh, people. How are you feeling? What's been happening? Uh, And when you offer that space for them to just be vulnerable with you, that's when we'll find out but the one way is usually look out for behavior changes that's really great to know because I
0: understand uh, with behavior change, like you say, there maybe some people were showing up at parties or they, they were seen at places but they stopped going to those places all of a sudden. Or maybe they were online for example, maybe on social media. This is a person who's always on social media sharing something and all of a sudden she's no longer there. So you, you, you now start uh, wondering and maybe if it's somebody who is easy to talk to because there's some people who really are not easy to talk to because sometimes maybe they switch off their phones, uh, they lock themselves in the rooms. Uh, Really, Nadia, that's really a great highlight to identify someone who is really uh, has a mental psychological issue. So uh, back to Clelia, I know we've been talking about Mother's Day, just adding up on what uh, Nadia has said mothers being a mother is really a new chapter in your life Um, some people actually experience some uh, stress like postpartum stress or some people uh, just the experience of being a mother how could you help a new mother cope with with the new uh, phase of motherhood Clelia? or have you seen a, a, a mother who has just uh, suffered from psychosis, or literally uh, this mother doesn't want to get close to the baby or it's just a psychological turmoil that a new mother is is experiencing so what can we do to this uh, uh to this to help this mother cope with the new path of motherhood now that we're celebrating mothers day today, day
2: Thank you so much for the question. I think, um, and, and I will leave the professional answer to, my, to Nadia, but yeah. in terms of my experience and the people that I know, yeah. I think the first thing to recognize is that every mother will go through what we call the baby blues. Yeah. So you give birth, and there's this rush of hormones, and then you cry a lot for two weeks, and that is completely normal. You also feel incredibly overwhelmed especially when it's your first baby it's so scary to hold a newborn you don't really know what to do everybody's giving you advice do it this way do it that way you never sleep it's incredibly overwhelming and that is completely normal i think when when you know After a few weeks and after a few months, some women, as we know, develop postpartum depression and I'll I'll, I'll ask Nadia to perhaps give us a bit more of a professional view about it. And I have seen it and I've had friends who have gone through postpartum depression. And I think the first thing that really comes to me in terms of supporting new mothers is, is ask them, how are you? Because the entire attention of people is around the baby. And you're like (laughs) everybody wants to come and see you your in-laws your family and they and they never ask you is that okay with you do you need space do you would, would you rather maybe i don't visit so you can take a nap while the baby naps you're really asking them how are you and then a couple of other things is you know if you come over to the house of a new mom bring bring some helpful things a pack of nappy a a homemade meal because all these things in the first few months are so difficult because you have so little time but um i I think for me just the people who've helped me the most have been the people who said what about you how are you and how can i help you rather than all this influx of visitors all the time um i think i i think that was that was definitely something i would do for a new
0: mum that i know yeah you're, you're very right clearly i i i i also had an experience of the same Uh, When you have a newborn baby, your body changes, your baby is very big, you're a little little bit insecure about your body, and also you just need some space. But you know in our African culture or in any culture, a newborn baby is a gift and everybody just want to come and say congratulations to you and always and always they don't really get time to understand your personal feeling as a person because this is a new chapter your body has changed your mind is thinking differently you're not concentrating on your baby there's so many things that you really need to learn despite that we 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 learn most of the time online before before we uh, become mothers we also meet some new mothers to talk to so it's really 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 a great challenge but uh, sharing your personal view of just someone asking you how are you, how are you doing and just just that alone really improves your mental well-being. So coming back to Nadia what is the best way to actually improve mental well-being of new mothers specifically? Nadia.
1: Thank you. Uh, So I really agree with that what Clelia mentioned and said, you know, as so as non-professionals, let's say you're you know you're a friend, your family member in this setting and you're noticing um, or you, know, you have a family or a friend who has gone has just given birth and are either experiencing the baby blues um, or some symptoms of postpartum um, depression. I think what, what's the biggest thing and the most important thing is to just speak to them. So communication is key. Um, you know, as what Claria mentioned and just asking, how are they feeling? Asking what they need um, and most of the times we're usually uh, centered around the newborn, the baby we're all excited and it's a happy time and mothers tend to feel a lot of pressure to be um, excited and happy as well, so everyone's coming in with a very joyful mood and you know, when someone is feeling the baby blues or experiencing this postpartum depression, it's really hard um to be um, um extremely joyful they are happy but it's just um you know what they're going through is not really allowing them to, ex- to express that um openly so rather than because um, a lot of the communities especially with our communities we would um, lecture around you know this is a blessing you need to be happier you need to do this I think that's one thing we need to kind of uh, be a bit more sensitive towards and more mindful around what do we what are we saying to newborn mothers Um, when we do visit them do we really ask about how they're feeling Um, are we at least spending a few minutes yes we're excited about the newborn but are we spending at least also a few minutes just to check in on them you know how they're feeling what what they need uh, asking if they need any support or any help with the childcare, whether it's uh, you know cleaning the the baby's clothing or um, cleaning, helping around uh, the house with the cleaning or the cooking. So these are the small ways we can support. But also, if you notice that it's persistent, that now it's a few weeks that have passed and their mood has not changed, um, and now we know clearly it's no longer just the baby blues. Let's say the mother has turned to you know, physically they're recuperating, they're healing, but their mood is still low. The other thing we can do is suggest to them to speak to someone, a professional, Mm -hmm. because there's just so much you can do um, as a person. Um, And there are some limits um, Mm -hmm. towards the social support we can provide. So when we talk about social support, it's looking about how can I help make um, things easier for you as a mother? Do you need me to come in? Do you need me to help you with any cooking? Are there any groceries or any shopping or anything that you need that I can kind of take off of your shoulders so you can focus on one yourself um, and also your newborn Um, but if you see that this is persisting the mood is not changing then suggest for them to go see a professional Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can even go the extra mile by also going with them being there physically and supporting them through this journey um, so those are just some of the ways that, uh, as family, as friends, we can do uh, for the mothers, um, or the you know the new mothers um, in our lives. Thank you so much. Such a professional insight as well as a, a, a
0: personal experience uh, from also Clelia. Clelia, I'll come back to you again. Uh, What uh, I understand you have your own experience about bulimia and now because you're talking about new mothers are there certain personal traits more common in individuals with eating disorders when it comes to newborn mothers understanding the African culture you know when we get a newborn baby uh we, we 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 are given a lot of food and most of the time there's a lot of weight gain uh, especially when you you are a newborn uh, you have a newborn or your new mother in town so what are certain personal traits more common in individual with eating disorders especially uh, when you're talking about motherhood failure
2: thank you um and, and thank you so much for giving me a chance to, to share my story so yeah. i as the as teenager, um developed uh eating disorders and i think eating disorders are really an anxiety disorders um because they are a way to kind of focus your anxiety around a certain obsession obsession around um body shape and size and weight and then and then uh, a little bit like people with OCD would do things repetitively um, people with eating disorders will have very complex relationships with food eating certain amounts counting calories um, and that's a way to really manage the anxiety um, so that is the extreme version of you know the uh, disf- dissatisfaction with food and weight and obsession with with, um, body size. But I think more generally, a lot of women, I think actually most women can relate with feeling unhappy about their body, feeling their body is um, too big or not the right, curves and wanting to change their bodies and I think with, with social media where we can see all these perfect photoshop filtered bodies and we look at our own bodies and think well they're not like that and and, and can, it can really make us feel very low and as a new mother as you said our body has changed and, and the first few months when we have a baby you're certainly not in physical shape or mental um, um Um, space to exercise so you might have um, even more weight gain and which was certainly my case and I think I I connected with one of my colleagues actually from Tanzania who had a baby one year after me and and it was it was interesting we're obviously from different countries different cultures but her experience was so similar to mine feeling overwhelmed around um the feeling of loss of control of her body but also the anxieties about um you know will i ever go back will i have the strengths again and and etc so i think i i'll I'll, I'll, i want to to really think about what helped me recover from, from from eating disorders and the first thing is I don't diet. I think diets have been proved not to work. They basically make you obsess about food and then develop very uh, ex- um, extreme relationships with food. So um, when I became a new mom and I had this weight gain, I just said to myself, you're, you're going to sit with this feeling of not feeling, you know, like in, you're in your body, but you're certainly not going to diet. And I think as I raised my children, I will never talk about diet about bad or good foods and really put any value around food. The other thing I think is is really important is to think about body image. And I think there's um, there's there's a lot of fear about weight gain and, and it really comes back to the idea that a bigger body it, or um, is perhaps not the ideal where we see those, idealized image on social media and we think that's almost someone who has a higher value and that's what we should be and I, and I think the the other thing is is to really think about looking and on your social media, a diverse body and thinking about following them, following women of a size similar to yours at this point in time and and finding some fashion icons and really thinking I can be, can feel good in this body that I have right now. So, So very, about a year after I had my baby, actually, my body went back just naturally with no diet. And I think it was just that, that's you needed to keep a little bit of a high weight while I was, you know, nursing my child, and then it just went back to my normal shape. And that's also something that I say to to new mums who ask me. I say just wait. Certainly, don't do anything drastic about your body.
0: really interesting, Clelia. I understand, you know, mothers can really experience depression, anxiety, as you've said, obsessive compulsive disorder and also post-traumatic stress disorder. So in, in real life, we should, we should, as you have said, really, we should just wait and uh, we'll come back to our normal uh, body size and also uh, ditch social media for real life because most of the time we keep comparing ourselves with people on social media that are not actually real because as you've said a lot of filters have been used a lot of of things have been used so changing up your to-do list also can help and also trusting your intuition that is relating to uh, snapping back you know you'll snap back after a while because I understand when you're nursing the baby as well it helps you uh, lose weight as well as keep you um, especially when you're breastfeeding it helps you really uh, keep yourself fit so this is really a, a great really uh, experience from you Clelia and back to, to Nadia as, a, as a, a psychologist have you seen mothers really uh, with post traumatic disorders and how did you help them
1: Nadia Thank you. Um, so, I personally haven't worked a lot with uh, mothers with postpartum or peripartum depression. Um, um, I think that the areas that I work in, I haven't really gotten that, um, that opportunity. I've worked primarily um, with people who have um, experienced um, torture, abuse, um, victims of violence and things like that um, so personally um, as a professional I haven't worked with mothers with postpartum but uh, the treatment will more so center on, our, on you know, what are their needs So if it's postpartum depression what it's bring brought about um, that's the area we focus on and also help with attachment because you during that time it becomes very hard to bond and attach with the child and this is an area of a lot of distress for a lot of new mothers as well so um, you find that that the treatment would center around one giving the mother a space to just breathe because at home, they feel like they don't deserve that time. 100% of the time, the mother is focused on the well-being of the child rather than themselves. So in the therapy space or um, treatment space, you allow the mother time, just at least even if it's an hour for the week, for them to just focus on on their needs. And you're focusing on meeting their needs. Um, But because the child is a very important part um, of the mother's process in that time, you put a lot of focus on the mother as well and their attachment to their child. So helping mothers bond, because at that moment, that's something that's disrupted with this postpartum uh, depression or these illnesses um, and the conditions that follow after pregnancy is that inability to to bond, to feel connected to the child. So focusing one on their needs specifically, but not forgetting that the child is a very important part of the mother. And so also uh, incorporating in the treatment how do we start re-establishing or establishing a connection, uh, building that attachment uh, just to help ease the anxiety that mothers feel in that time that, you know, they might not establish the connection or that might might do something that isn't, um, you know, the best interest of the child and et cetera. So, but primarily um, what we would do is focus on the mother. What are their needs? But in that process, also incorporate how do we establish this bond? How do we establish this attachment? That naturally, once the mother is feeling a lot more themselves uh, and a lot better, uh, that comes naturally. But it's a big source of anxiety for mothers initially. And so you want to kind of also address that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting because literally when, uh, when someone is becoming a mother or we as mothers, we kind of forget our, about ourselves and actually focus on children because we feel, you know, they're very young. Maybe they don't understand uh, what is happening around them. We tend to be very, very overprotective and even forget about our, our own selves that we need, really need uh, uh, to connect with other people, go out. It's really key that, Nadia, you really shared on focusing on uh, personal needs of mothers and later then uh, also incorporate uh, the connection with the child. Really, this is really key. It's really a good tip uh, for new moms, especially when it comes to mental health. So uh, it's really interesting. So uh, for for coming back to Clelia, uh, what do you? What mental tips do you have for new moms? I know you're a mom as well. I know there are things that you did that really helped uh, with your mental uh, wellness or well-being. Uh, what can, what tips do you have, especially to help uh, mothers understand and also take care of themselves and really uh, focus on their psychology as well, uh, Claudia?
2: Thank you, and I think it's such a great question today on Mother's Day. A lot of mothers are going to get flowers and chocolate and maybe cards. But I think there's a part of self-care that we see that's like like taking a bath and having some chocolates. But I think the the best self-care sometimes is to say no to say to go for a nap to do these essential things that uh, really make us feel better Um, and that can be establishing boundaries and that can be saying actually I'm not going to do this today I'm just going to take that half an hour just for myself to sit in bed and, and even look at my phone it doesn't matter but not you know rush around um and 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 have a lot of self-compassion because i think we put incredible pressures on ourselves we feel guilty if we're working mothers uh, we we want to be the best mother possible, and often think, "Oh, I, I, I'm not good enough," or "I should be doing more." And and have self compassion for just doing our best is really important. Not beat ourselves up, and I, I would extend that to you know women in general, not just mothers. Um, so one of the things that that has really helped me is to think about the five steps to well being and they, these are uh, connect, um, that's the first step, Nadia has talked a lot about it, um, just connect with others, try to share in, um, in any way possible how you feel but also um, you know, try to see if there's ways that you can um, have um, a f- um, relationship with your friends even when it seems complicated because you're, you're busy um the second step is around being active and that's not necessarily going for 5k run that can just be very gentle postnatal yoga uh, that you can find lots on the internet Um, um, YouTube videos that can be just going for a walk that can just be breathing Um, and that's for me has really really helped me to think about not exercising crazily but just being gently active uh, to release some endorphins the third step is around taking notice and that's really being mindful just thinking about trying to sometimes stop and think what am i feeling what do i actually want right now what do i need and this seems really easy but actually as a new mother since you're so hyper aware about everything happening to your child um sometimes it's difficult um and i think uh, the the fourth and fifth step i won't go too much into but there's one around keeping l- learning keep learning keep educating ourselves around how we, what we can do and 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 I think listening to this podcast a good way and giving seeing whether we can also help other people when we have more time I think that's less relevant for mothers but definitely for women in general
0: that's really really key you've shared the steps of well-being And Nadia has given us tips of well-being, not only for new mothers, but everyone who is around us. Really, it's been great uh, sharing uh, with me, as well as uh, sharing with others, especially on uh, Mother's Mother's Day. Mothers are always, always sometimes forgotten when it comes to their psychology and also their mental wellness. So thank you so much.